finding the right therapist for you may be one of the most important things you do in your life. And yet people, for the most part, will choose the first one that's available, choose the first one that is in their in-network therapist directory. And yet I feel with a little bit more effort in this area, you can improve your chances in, of success in therapy. And it may be one of the most important things you do in your life. And so today, in Open Counseling's Insider's Guide to Therapy, I'm Mark Pines, and my partner in crime, Stephanie Harrison, will teach you the five steps to background check your therapist. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Mark. I, lo I love this uh, topic in this article. I refer to it all the time because it's so, so handy, so uh, it gets many links within our uh, series of articles. And yeah, and I think it, it's something we're so passionate about because when it comes to therapy, choosing the right therapist is kind of low-hanging fruit in terms of um, having a big impact on your life for a comparatively little effort spent. Um, and I'm so glad that we're spending time on it because we've actually spent a lot of time thinking about this, you and I, and trying to... to share our care with people and um, just encouraging them to to spend some time on this topic. Um, a little bit of effort can go a really long way. Yeah, and I think there are definitely people out there that are aware that this is important. I think it's just in some ways it's less intuitive figuring out how to find a good therapist than how to find the right car or the right place. Um, you know, and that's where this article can kind of come in handy. You know, I've noticed in my research for various things on the internet, looking into what kind of questions people are asking and what kind of things people talk about. This comes up all the time. People saying, you know, I'm thinking about going to therapy, but how do I find a good therapist? You know, people hear stories about people that went to bad therapists, unethical therapists, or even just mediocre therapists that didn't help that much. And they think, well, I don't want to waste all my time and money going to a therapist that isn't good. But, you know, when you test drive a car, you kind of get a feel, okay, this drives the way I want it to drive. When you go look at a place, you're like, okay, this has the things on my wish list. But I think it can be a little trickier knowing, especially like within the first one or two sessions, if this is the right therapist for you. So, you know, for me, I think um, there's part science and there's part magic to this process. You mm -hmm. know, there are some objective things that you can look for. So like low-hanging fruit is, is this therapist currently accepting clients? Is this therapist right. available in the hours when I want to see them? Are they in my geographic area? Do they, um, are they available online if I need it? There, there are a few just kind of basic things that can go a long way, but then there, there's the magic and there are a lot of kind of intangible aspects of the experience, which I think you allude to, which is, um, are they a good fit for me? Do I like them. Um, are they, do we have a connection? Like, you know, sometimes people have a, are able to have a deep connection with you. Sometimes therapists are able to have a deep connection with you in a very short time because um, some of the magic, their ability to, to connect with you specifically. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it, it is somewhat intangible, but there are ways that you can find a therapist who's more likely to, be a good match on those intangibles. And one um, is to kind of have an idea of why you're going to therapy. 
I mean, I think probably more people than not go to therapy with at least some rough idea of, you know, I've been feeling depressed. I want, you know, I want to work on uh, improving my mental health or I'm having challenges in a relationship. I want to work through these challenges or I feel stuck in my career. I feel creatively blocked. Knowing a little bit about at least, you know, one of the tricks that often you find in therapy is the reason you think you're going isn't always the deeper reason you're going. Still, though, finding a therapist who specializes or has experience in the thing that you're most wanting to deal with right away is is one way. And, you know, that's one of the things you can do. One of the things we recommend is um, looking at therapist profiles. You know, pretty much any way that you find a therapist, whether it's on an online directory of people that you're going to see locally, whether it's looking for online therapy, almost every therapist is at least going to have a short bio that says a little bit about how long they've been practicing, what they specialize in, what kind of clients they tend to work with. And you can also get a little of a sense of their personality and, and often there'll be a picture and you can see what they look like and get a feel of if at least initially maybe you're, you, you feel drawn to this person or you feel like you might click with them. Yeah, and I, I think you you kind of say, um, are you drawn to them? Do you feel like it click with them? They they imply their their kind of feelings you have rather than scientific data. But I I think those feelings mean something. I I think often Absolutely. with the profiles, you you can pick up subtle cues to who they are. Um, is there a warmth in their tone that's inviting for you? Well, sometimes people want. Um, a less warm tone, you know, they, they may want someone who, who's more concrete, who, who, offer, who, who sounds more scientific because your mind might be more kind of scientific and you look forward to people who can help you um, more factually rather than more tenderly, so to speak. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and that, so, that, that probably has to do too with, um, you know, why you're going into therapy. You know, if you if there's a few very specific symptoms you want to address, having a therapist that is more kind of scientific and focused or maybe comes from CBT orientation, that might be appealing to you because they're going to directly go after that stuff. But maybe if you're trying to work on some deeper, more intangible issues, you might want someone with a, a warmer or more kind of um, open-ended approach. And I, and I think, um, you know, so, so just kind of to, to talk about that further, you might be, not have the words exactly to say, I'm looking for a warm therapist because I'm looking to go more in depth in a more abstract way versus I'm looking for someone with a more scientific approach because I, I need more concrete solutions to the sort of things that I'm facing and I need someone who can help me think more concretely. Um, but often your intuition when you, you read a profile w will kind of help you with that. And in fact, your intuition when you read a therapist's profile um, may be more helpful than reading the, the specific theoretical orientation or, or some of those concrete facts. You can pick a lot up through intuition, I believe. Absolutely. You know, and a metaphor we use a lot is that finding the right therapist is like dating. You know, to find the right partner... You've got to, you know, date a few people and maybe you have a list of deal breakers. Maybe you have a list of things you'd really like to have in a partner. And so you can kind of go through that list. But you're really not going to get a feel until you're with the person. You have that intuitive sense of whether you click. And it is the same with the therapist. And, you know, you're not going to be able to get a full sense of that until you meet with a the therapist in person. But you can get a certain sense about them 
and and whether your intuition says that that there might be a, a, a connection with this person, even just starting out by looking at their profile. That's great. Um, so actually, we do have a companion article to this, and that you'll find on opencounseling.com, and it's called The Five Steps to Background Check Your Therapist. And we list each of the five steps. Um, so perhaps it would be just great to kind of go through them. I'll briefly tell you what they are, and then we'll spend a little bit of time on each one. The, the first one is verify their license. Um, the second one, look at their profile, which we've talked a little bit about. The third, read online reviews. Four, do a phone interview. And five, try a few test sessions. So let's start with the first one, um, which is to verify their license. Um, and so just so you know, each therapist who is practicing has a license from their state and the license says that they've met the requirements to be practicing the initial qualification, as well as any ongoing requirements. It makes sure that they're, um, competent to perform their tasks and the license also holds them accountable should they have any sort of legal or ethical breaches in, in what they do. So it's very important to whatever therapist you get, just take a quick look at their license and um, that'll be different in each state, the specific website. We will have a link to all of the, the latest states um, in the accompanying article. But once you go there, you'll be able to see, is their license um, in good standing? Are they in fact licensed? And then importantly, you'll also be able to see any history of um, ethical or legal violations. Um, and this is just very kind of basic but important stuff to, to check for a therapist. In fact, it's probably going to be your first stopping off point. Yeah, I, I might disagree with that a little bit. I think I think like, you know, you want to at least look at someone's profile just to see if they're like a basic mm. fit, but then verifying their license kind of comes right after that. And I think it's an especially important step if you're someone who's skeptical about, you know, especially if you're going online and you're wanting to try online therapy and, you know, you're like, well, I, I don't know that I believe this is real you know, this is a very tangible, concrete way you can confirm that this is a real therapist. You know, if a therapist has a license in good standing, which is the main thing you're looking for, it means that they've had to meet a whole bunch of requirements. Um, you know, you have, uh, they have to have at least a master's degree. They have to have usually, I think at the minimum is 3,000 hours of supervised practice before they get a license. Then they have to do ongoing education and maintain an ethical practice. So just being able to confirm that they have a license can, you know, take away some of those worries or anxieties that, oh, is this person for real? Can I really trust that they're a legitimate therapist? Um, and, you know, I have to brag on us a little bit. Um, we, we've put together some great resources that you can use that make it very easy to check your therapist's license. Um, as with many things on our website, we, we thought that maybe we could link to something someone else had done and then found out that no one else had done it. So we did it ourselves. We exhaustively researched all the different therapy boards for all the different kinds of therapists in every single state in the U.S., um, 
and I even think some of the territories and, um, you know, that means, you know, because there's a lot of different licenses or degrees therapists can have. You can have psychologists with a PhD. You can have social workers with a MSW and an LCSW. You can have marriage and family therapists, the MFT, et cetera. We, we have links to every single one of those types of therapists. Um, and you'll be able to see on their profile what kind of, you know, license or education they have. And you can just... And the, if you go to the five steps to background check your therapist article, we also link to all these other places where you can check their license from within this article. So um, you can kind of just go straight from there. And that can kind of help confirm that this, this person's the real deal. They're really a licensed therapist. And, and you can trust that. Fantastic. So um, in addition to that, um, there's a great article um, which we have which is how to verify a therapist's license. And it's going to go into to a lot more detail also about what mm-hmm. you might find when you do to go to those state licensing boards. And what does it mean? Is this a, a red flag? Does this mean you should never see them if you have any, um, if you see any sort of violations? Or is it a green flag, yellow flag, red flag? And so... Um, that will also be a, an excellent resource as you, you go about doing this. Yeah, yeah, and that, that one is also linked from this article too, so it's super easy. You don't have to Google them separately. You can just kind of click on through. All right. So in the vast majority of cases, you will have seen a therapist profile. You will go to check their license. In the vast majority of cases, it'll just be a simple thing that says they're license is in good standing and current and you'll you'll move on with your life there'll be some cases where you do see an ethical violation and that kind of might give you cause for concern um you know where you might speak to the therapist or maybe you might just decide if it looks like a serious violation it's not worth the the effort that's a, a judgment call but it'll at least give you the information you need to to start making that decision yeah, and, you know, we don't have time to go into this too in-depth in this particular episode. I'm sure we will more later. But, you know, in, in shorthand, I mean, if you see that a therapist has a major ethical violation, um, you know, like they they slept with a client or they, you know, entered into some kind of shady business dealing with a client, that's generally just a red flag. Don't go there. But therapists can get ethical violations for stuff that I personally would give them a pass for. Like therapists can actually get in trouble with the licensing board for not keeping up with their paperwork and things like that. So, but you know, again, if you read the the article on how to verify a therapist's license, you'll learn kind of what you'll see and how to interpret it and, and what sort of things you might find. But again, I think one of the number one things you're looking for is just to verify they have an active license period. Um, you know, and then that lets you know you're not being quote unquote scammed by a quote unquote fake therapist. Um, you just know, okay, this person's really a therapist. They're really licensed. Great. Um, so the next, um, step we have in our, our list is to take a look at their profile. Um, and we did allude to this in your profile. You'll probably get, um, a written, um, long-form version from the therapist saying kind of who they are and how they practice and what their beliefs are, how they go about therapy. And it's really important to use your intuition about that. You might, um, they, they almost certainly mention what their, their primary therapy method is. 
So that could be something like psychodynamic, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, EMDR, psychoanalyst, um, you know, and some of you will listening will understand those terms. If not, it may be great to look at also linked from this article, the various therapy methods and um, what they are and who might be the best fit for them. Um, but again, the, probably your intuition will be a really good guide when you read the therapist profile. Like, who, who seems like they may be a good fit for me is probably the, the question you should be asking in your head. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, uh, even therapists don't necessarily have an in-depth understanding of all the different therapy methods. So it's not like you have to be able to recognize every therapy method that could be name-checked on a therapist profile. But if you, you know, if you have a general sense about what you're wanting to get therapy for, you might already be keyed into, for example, if you're wanting to deal with trauma, you probably looking for a trauma-informed therapist and maybe you want one that does EMDR. Maybe you want someone that uses a different modality. But, you know, even aside from what they list as their method, they'll mention that in their profile. You know, they, they focus on working with clients who have trauma. So, so that part, learning about the methods can be super helpful. And we do have that article that there's a little inline link in there in this section somewhere. But um, like Mark says, it's mostly just like reading through that profile and seeing if it sounds like the person that, that would be able to help you. All right. Which brings us to number three, read the online reviews. And before, it sounds so um, obvious reading online reviews. I think we're so used to it these days between Google Maps and Yelp and pretty much anything else in the world. Um, there are always reviews that we're constantly giving. Um, and theoretically, therapist reviews would be a wonderful thing to have. The reality is more complicated. Um, you know, I could spend a lot of time on this topic, but if they are reviews, it's probably a good sign. I will say the best therapists I've ever met have virtually no internet presence and have virtually no reviews. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, in the state of California, it's um, considered unethical and may con and it may be against your your license your state licensing guide ethics guidelines to solicit reviews from clients. Um, there are a number of ethical reasons for that to be true. Um, primarily, it's, a, it's a, a form of dual relationship and offers the potential to be misusing um, people's incredible vulnerability and the normal idealization that happens um, for your own benefit as a therapist. It's in a form of, of kind of misuse of clients often. So um, very often you'll see therapists who have lots of reviews and in a way I would be a little uncertain about those. To which to say, it's if you do have do see a therapist reviews and they're positive, it can say something. But I certainly wouldn't write off therapists who don't have reviews. If I saw a therapist who had a lot of negative reviews, I would probably be more interested in that as um, you know a sign. But it, it's very kind of complicated territory. The whole idea of online reviews. So. Um, just a word of caution there. They're interesting, but perhaps not the last word. Yeah, and, and that's a really important point that 
you know, it's not a red flag if a therapist has no online presence or has no online reviews, especially, you know, if they if they're older and they've just never really advertised their practice online, maybe they've just never had an online uh, a presence or website and that's fine. Um, I think reviews can help when there's enough that you can kind of get a general, you can kind of just, I would never take any one single review too seriously because people can be upset for all kinds of reasons. Uh, people can, you know, write positive or negative reviews for wildly personal reasons. But if you notice there's a trend, like if a therapist does have multiple reviews online and there's a trend in kind of the way people talk about them, um, that, that might be worth paying attention to, you know, and not just positive or negative, but the specific things people say about the therapist, you know, if a lot of people say this therapist really warm down to earth. This therapist is really focused and really good at what they do. They, they have a lot of expertise you know, it might just give you that that counterpoint to looking at their profile and how they describe themselves to see how their clients describe them and if that also feels like something that would be a natural fit for you. All right. Again, um, I probably have a little personal beef with that one, so I'll hold my tongue. But when I've seen reviews for therapists, I, I can see someone often who has solicited their clients and it just, I, you know, it's hard for me to not say something about that. that that's just my my beef. <laughs> um, all right, next step four, do a phone interview. Um, I think this is so important. I, again, um, because intuition is so important, um, you know, there, there might be some objective things you get on the call, such as are you available? Um, you know, can you, are you available to see me sort of in hours when I'm available? What are your fees? Any sort of specific specifics about that? But the, here's where the, the human connection starts to, to finally come in. And you can start to get a sense of that therapist. Do they sound like they're interested in you? Do they sound like they care? Um, do you get a sense that they, they have a, a handle on problems similar to the one that you're struggling with. And um, most therapists are totally happy with doing a, a short initial telephone call, whether it's 10 or 15 minutes. And you might be surprised how much you can get a sense of the person in that time. Yeah. And, um, you know, this part can feel a little awkward, um, you know, but it, it is really worth going through that. Like, oh, I'm going to talk to somebody, uh, you know, therapists, even a halfway decent therapist is going to be one of the easiest people to talk to and be very welcoming and, and warm. You know, um, a phone interview is going to be the most convenient thing. Some therapists may offer the chance to come in in person just for kind of like a an interview session. Um, and in in either case, you know, We've got some lists of questions in the article that can be helpful prompts if you're not sure what to ask, um, you know, just about their background and their experience. And if they've, you know, talk about yourself a little, have you worked with people like me? How's it gone? Um, we also have some specific questions helping you figure out if your therapist is culturally competent. You know, that's a big thing that you want to screen for. Um, you know, some people have a preference that a therapist has a similar background as them, whether that's uh, racial, gender, um, sexuality, ethnicity, spirituality, you know, sometimes it can help to have a therapist who 
has certain things in common with you. Um, you know, some people specifically want to look for a therapist who has this one or more specific things different from them, but whatever you are looking for, you know, there are some questions you can ask, um, you know, to the extent that your therapist isn't fully aligned with, with your identity or background, there's some test questions you can ask to make sure that they're open-minded and competent and that you trust, uh, talking to them about the issues that affect you most. Awesome. And again, um, yeah, please come take a look at the article itself. Um, there's some wonderful questions and, like Stephanie said, it can be a little awkward um, being on the phone with a therapist for the first time, but having just some questions to, to move the conversation along can really help. I should also say that therapists are very used to being contacted by people who are feeling nervous and vulnerable. Perhaps um, they're at the lowest point in their life and therapists are very used to speaking to people in these places. And so chances are your your therapist will um it'll be a lot less intimidating than you imagine the final one is um to try a few test sessions and this sounds a little crazy because um this sounds a little bit crazy because it can be so time consuming and you have to invest a lot of vulnerability to do this. Um, but if you can choose a few therapists and give it a shot, think about it like test driving a car or something. And again, this is a decision far more important than a car, far more important than a place you're considering renting, far more important than so many things because it really is likely to impact the rest of your life in a really meaningful way. And if it goes well, it can be magic. If it goes terrible, it's not a, not necessarily going to be the end of the world, but it can be a lot of wasted time. It can be a lot of disappointment. Um, and your life could just turn out less good than it could. So it's a really very big thing um so that's why i say if you can take your top three therapists and ask them like would it be okay if i came in for a session or two just to see how it goes and to get a feeling and um if you can hold yourself to that like really say i'm gonna go in and have three sessions with three different therapists and then just see how i feel and i bet you'll be glad you did. I bet you'll be glad you did. Um, and if you're with a therapist who's kind of worth their salt, they'll understand the importance of finding the right person and will be totally open to this. If they're not okay with this, then they may not be the right. And well, I'm certain they're not the right, right therapist for you. It, it's such a reasonable thing to, to want. Yeah. And, you know, if it feels overwhelming or you feel like you don't have the resources to kind of schedule multiple therapist interviews and whatever, you know, as as much as I agree with Mark that that's a great way to do it, you're going to get your best results by kind of interviewing a few different therapists in person uh, and testing it out. You know, you also have the option of if the first therapist you go start seeing just isn't clicking with you and it doesn't feel right, you can then talk to them and say, I'm not sure we're the right match. I'd kind of like to try a different therapist. And you can do it serially. Like, okay, I'm going to try this therapist. Okay, it's not working. I'm going to try another one. 
Um, honestly, it's a little easier to do that when you're doing online therapy because <laughs> you can just click a button. But even in person, you know, if you go, it's, you know, for a couple sessions with one therapist and it's not working, you can set up an appointment with another one. And, um, you know, sometimes it does take a few tries and um, it is important. Um, and so however you do it, you know, again, trusting your intuition, does this feel right? You know, the one thing I'll note is that therapy, especially if you've not done it before, might, might not feel like you might not know if, how you're supposed to feel. It might feel a little awkward or it might feel unusual because therapy is different than any of the other social interactions you normally have. So it's good to give it a session or two. Like if it feels a little awkward, don't just give up because you're not 100% sure. But, you know, within a few sessions, you'll, your intuition will probably be telling you whether you feel comfortable continuing with this person or not. That's great. And again, um, intuition is so important. And, and there's actually a little bit of science to intuition, as intuition as it sounds, um, that people do subconsciously pick up a lot. Um, you know, again, it's kind of like dating. Um, your first impressions often kind of mean a lot. How you feel on the first date often can, um, is very predictive in how things will go in the future. So, um, yeah, we even have a great article on that about using your intuition to choose a therapist. And it talks about all the different ways that intuition works. All right. Yeah. Again, just trying to give people every bit of information they can to, to just maximize their chances because again, it's so important and we've worked so hard to, to give people the tools they need to improve their odds. There are a lot of things in life you can't control, but you, this is one of these things where a little bit of work, sometimes a lot of work, it's really going to pay off. And so there you have it. These are the, the five steps. Again, please take a look at the article, the five steps to background check your therapist. Not only is the article giving you the five steps, but it has many linked articles that can really go into a lot more detail than we'd ever managed to do in the podcast. Um, any final thoughts, Stephanie? No, I think we covered it all. I, I guess my final thought would be, you know, um, I love to research stuff. I love to go go after doing a lot of thinking and maybe even overthinking. If it feels overwhelming to do a whole bunch of stuff, it, it's okay. You know, just do what you can and just trust your intuition. And if you just keep trusting that and, and, and trying again, if the first therapist isn't a click, you will eventually find the right therapist for you. And, and that's a it's a great point to end on. Um, the vast majority of therapists are good and competent and do a good job, but not every therapist is going to be right for you. Um, yeah, don't give up. I mean, therapy works. It, you know, not every therapist is the exact right one for you, but the more effort you put into it and kind of keep getting back up on the horse if it doesn't work out, the, the more likely you're going to have a good outcome. So thank you for listening and um, opencounseling.com. The article is five steps to background check your therapist and we look forward to speaking next week.